Hey everybody, this episode of Talkin' Pop is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you can want to check out poddex.com. Make sure you use that special promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or Game Fighter podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. What up, bad boys and bad girls and non-binaries? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast of all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise course. Joining me is my co-host, the one and only Biko. Hello. Hey, guys. Hopefully, you guys had a good week. Um, pretty much, uh, I know it's been hard because it's been a hard couple of days as of this recording. I know yesterday was Tuesday, which was 2-22-22. I know it was a big meme and stuff. And pretty much, obviously, I found out that a baby was born around 2 o'clock in the afternoon at 2.22 p.m. On 2.22. Um, but besides the point, I mean, the biggest thing that was like Monday was the end of the longest running PBS animated series ever. Um, it's been like an influence of that one meme. And that one meme with the fist. Of course, uh, if you grew up reading the books as well as I did. Um, and I'm talking about this an- animated series. Arthur, after running a 25-year run of PBS... They, are, they had like a marathon all last week, and they had culminated with the last four new episodes they released on Monday, which culminated with the final episode of Arthur after a long 25-year run on PBS. I know some of you grew up in it. I was seeing, I was seeing on Twitter that <laughs> a lot of people were saying, oh, my childhood has ended. People are remembering watching after school every day when they were showing on PBS. Um, pretty much me that I grew up on the books. I mean, I grew up on the books when I was in preschool. That's all the books are. Yeah, they're all... <clears throat> And I remember, you know, Biko was smaller. We used to watch the show, you know, every day after school. It was showing the afternoons on PBS. Because it was like, that's educational, but at the same time, it was like, it took some things from the books, but it looked like it was trying to be like its own thing. Like, it adapted with the times and stuff. It had like a lot of you know, issues that kids dealt with. You think like siblings, how to deal with siblings, or a new sibling joins the family, or getting a pet, or getting glasses, or getting your first injury. Oh, yeah. friends like friends deal with problems you know stuff getting stolen i remember that or doing like your parent like your your friends having you know issues and stuff too yeah you know it was a good show i mean honestly the animation was great you know it was a show that was publicly funded it was funded through like the viewers and, and ran for this long from like 1996 to 2022 and like it hit a lot of people hard i know one halloween you dressed as arthur because of the meme yeah that was one of my favorite costumes um, but yeah, it was nice. It was kind of fulfilling a weird childhood privacy of mine, I guess. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's weird to see it go um, after the song, and and I feel like it's a good educational show for kids that I think they still need around these days, man. I feel I I, I don't watch kids shows obviously, but um, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen like I've heard on different podcasts from these guys talk, talking about like how the shows for kids suck these days. And then they, they went on, like, a rant, which a lot of old people do all the time when they, can, like, to say, all oh, the childhood cartoons were way better back then. Um, but, like, in truth, I feel like they were compared to what they were now these days. But, like, seeing Arthur on PBS being such, a, like, a, a long staple in their programming and kind of seeing them go on the wayside, it's kind of, it's I feel like it's it's... I'm sure it's run its course, but also, like, man, they could do so much more. It does a lot for kids, man. So I feel like it'd be really sad to see them shelf it in, like, just so long. Well, I think, like, you know, like you said, you know, what I like about that show, too, and it, and it actually became aware of other programs. Remember this yeah. one Arthur episode that right. they would, they would they parody other, you know, yeah. popular shows at that time, because, like I said, late 90s. They parodied Soft Park. They parodied on um, Beavis and Butthead, which is kind of hilarious. Why don't you see that kind of parody... And then they have guy cons like Mr. Rogers, um, our Gunfunkle musicians guest star, Yo Yo Ma, like famous musicians or like 
pretty much famous people actually lent their voices on that show because of the fact they love the show, they love the books. And, you know, luckily now it's like, you know, luckily at PBS decided let's they did a marathon really last week and to the point where we're going to keep having that show in reruns. It's for the end of time. And plus you can go on the website, PBS Kids, and, you know, watch the episodes in order. I know today on YouTube, on their YouTube channel, they did put, like, the last episode available on their YouTube channel. So if you guys want to check it out. And it's fulfilling, like, um, seeing the characters, how they look like they're all grown up. I wish they would have shown all the characters. But I think they show more of the key characters that became more of the staple in the later seasons. And to the fact, they even brought the original voice of Arthur, like, the first voice, the voice of Arthur that he's older. And the fact is, spoiler for guys, he becomes, like, a... A graphic artist, graphic novel artist, to the point that basically the, the stories that we saw in the episodes were actually based on his graphic novels. So he actually wrote the graphic novels about his childhood. And it's funny, when the episode ends, Arthur's reading the first story of his graphic novel. It says Arthur, when he got his first glasses, when he got his glasses. So that became the first episode. That was technically the first episode of Arthur's when he got his glasses. And how Buster became a, a teacher, like a college professor, and, you know... Francie became like a CEO of a sneaker company. Um, Muffy decides to run for mayor. Binky's um, a weather reporter. Um, George is the owner of the Sugar Sugar Bowl Cafe. So it's good to see like these are these characters, you know, getting for fun in their lives and stuff. And DW becoming a traffic cop. <laughs> That's funny. And she runs into this character. I guess you have to watch the new episodes that she runs into this one character. And that was in her childhood again, and you know it's interesting. But I guess you got to see the latest episodes just to understand it. But like I said, we fell out of the wayside because we got older and we kind of outgrew it. But Arthur has always been a constant thing. Besides that, Sesame Street, Sesame Street is a big, long time thing in Mister Rogers' neighborhood. To the point Mister Rogers got started an episode of Arthur, mm-hmm. which was really yeah, well. animated Mister Rogers. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was kind of hard. I mean, it's kind of hard for you guys like that grew up on it. You know, it probably hit you more like your childhood. You know, right in the feels. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 sad because it's like those type of shows. Like I said, I don't know. It shouldn't go away. I feel like it's a big part of a lot of people's childhoods and and what it did to sh- for people just learning new things and being entertaining. And like you said, they they remain creative with getting influences from other shows instead of, and I feel like jokingly making it fun for kids in that way and making it like a homage to them. So after 20 plus years of doing that, it's, it's tough to see that leave and like other shows being around for that long and not being such an anchor as much as they are for a fucking public channel. You know, it's, it's weird to see them go. Cause like get like you said, Sesame Street's on on paid cable now, so it's just kind of like, what what do you got? It's like it's like an anchor store leaving a mall. Yeah, what you, what's left of it now? Yeah, it's true. That's, it's like, yeah, it's like you said, like it's a big. I, I know kids probably find their entertainment on YouTube most of the time, but I think for ones that still grow up on TV, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a big. Because it was always you know the times that it was on, like I feel like. Uh, I'd memorized the, the times it, it would be on, and it would show all the times, like right in the morning and then right when you get home from school or whatever. So it was like perfect. You can set your whole life around it. Yeah, even as being a kid, right? You fucking obsess over that. So it's like when you like you get obsessed with a show like that and you're learning stuff at the same time, it's teaching you good morals and like how to be a good friend and stuff, how to be a good kid. To your parents and understand how to be like a big older sibling. Yeah, how to be a big older sibling when you fight all the time. Like it was, it taught real shit and it was funny. So like, you, it's hard. It's like a, it's hard to see a new show capture that same spirit. I don't, I don't know if we're gonna get the same thing ever in a long time that does the same thing that Arthur has done. It's yeah, because like with me, you know, seeing that. I mean, yeah, cartoons nowadays. I haven't seen any new cartoons. I mean, I got back into Cartoon Network with like. Adventure Time, I got back into Cartoon Network because of that, because of Adventure Time, because of regular show. Because those shows, yeah, it looks like they're for kids, but they're actually more for, like, the family and adults because it has adult humor. But they do a great job with the writing and animation. They do a good job with the writing. Any adult humor in it without saying it's adult humor, but something that, you know, not only kids will enjoy, but also at the same time that adults will enjoy because they can watch it with their kids. 
you know, the dad, like we bear bears is in our show because, you know, our, our, our mutual friend Mondo, like he, you know, his daughter was into we bear bears and she got us hooked onto that show and it shows hilarious because it kind of like, it kind of like became a reflection of who we are and stuff. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of like the panda, that character, like, you know, always want to press somebody into anime and stuff. So kind of describe me as a T. Um, Vico's more like Ice Bear. <laughs> Oh yeah, and totally. then our friend Mondo's kind of like Riz, so it's kind of like you know that yeah, show. That's another good show. That's another good show. We bear bears. I know they decided to do like a spinoff on HBO Max when they're like little kids, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool when they're like baby bears. So it's, they decided to do a spinoff of that, but that's another good show. Just, like I said, it's very weird now to see new shows like new cartoons. I know the the new Rugrats reboot is doing well on Paramount Plus. It's like CGI now. I like the fact that now Susie became part of the Rugrats crew now early on because remember in the old one. Her family moved in and here like she's there now and of course now i just saw the trailer today of the new fairly odd parents live action series but it's like i was watching the trailers for paramount plus i think they did one season it's coming out soon and it's basically like cosmo wanted they got the same voice actors and they're their, their 2d animated style and it's like timmy turner's basically going to college and he's pretty much um bestowing his fairly odd parents, his fairly godparents to his cousin. Like transferring, you know, to his cousin, like to help her help his cousin out because his cousin and her uncle just got into a new relationship and stuff. So Timmy decides, you know, we help my cousin out. I had my fairy godparents help her out. And he got the visual voice actors of Cosmo Wanda in there, so it's kinda cool. Butch Hartman's producer of the show. It's a combination of two D live action, which you don't get a lot these days. You don't get a lot of like two D animation and like in live action characters, you know, Roger Rabbit kind of solidified that mm-hmm. because it was one of those things where it was, yeah, it was hand drawn animation combined with live action where they had a shot, you know, all the live action stuff and they had to use like robots or puppetry or the actors had to pretend something was there until the animators later on drew the characters over, you know, over the spots they're supposed to be in, like replacing those robots, replacing those like empty spaces. And that's kind of cool. Like they're starting to do that now with this fairly odd parents, even odder, I thought it's called. And then um, of course the upcoming Chip and Dale's um, Rescue Rangers mm. movie. It's this combination of live action. What's well, kind of cool because you see like two D plus three D. Like you see these different animation styles with the real world. But it's cool seeing that just how much like technology has evolved. And like I said, there's not that many like cartoons out there that had a bigger impact like Arthur was in the late nineties or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have The Simpsons, but The Simpsons has been around since late 80s into now. But I think to me, like, The Simpsons was more like, it's more of a sitcom. It's it's an animated sitcom. There's a difference between cartoon sitcom. Yeah, The Simpsons is technically animated, but that's more of a sitcom format. Versus something like Arthur, it's more like an actual cartoon, but it's more like an edu- slash educational. It's a comedy, so there's a drama in it, you know. To me, that's like that's that's just that's what makes it a cartoon. I mean, Looney Tunes, yeah, Looney Tunes was a cartoon, but at the same time, Looney Tunes to me was the humor was funny for people that grew up in the forties or the fifties. That was more like you know watching stand up because those things were shown in movie theaters, so those had adult humor. So it was more for adults or were adults when they took their kids to the theater back in the day before like big feature films. It was like a seven minute, you know. Running stand-up joke, stand-up comedy act, basically with the vaudeville act type of thing. That's why I say Looney Tunes, Looney Tunes is, is more of a vaudeville act as opposed to Arthur being more like an educational show, which broke the mold of what traditional educational shows were supposed to be at that time. So, you know, any other memories you want to bring up of Arthur? Uh, I know of. No, I mean, no, just said it was a good show. Sad to see it go so suddenly, but it's going to be available on YouTube and all that stuff. So I think it's, as long as it remains accessible for everyone, I think it's going to be its best bet. And maybe it'll get better viewership on being on YouTube and being still available on videos, like or people just purchasing it. Maybe it's going to help its book sales too. Um, so I'm sure it's not the end of Arthur as we know it, but uh, as long as it's successful, still it's. Um, It'll be good, but it's sad to see it go on PBS. So I'm sure a lot of people are still tuning in. I mean, yeah, just they'll have like the, they'll they'll have the episodes <clears throat> and everything. Like they'll have the episodes available. I mean, they're available to stream if you go on their PBS Kids website or the app. I think 
think it's available as well. Like they have all the episodes on demand and stuff. So you can catch on there. They're going to be showing like the reruns for many, many years for it to come. Mm-hmm. It's just now there's no more longer than new episodes. That's the one thing. Well, that's like, that's something where show like that got a proper finale. Then you see all these other educational shows around PBS, either daily cancellation and they don't last that long. So I've seen like, um, if you watch on um, Defunctland TV, uh, which is a he recommends on his Defunctland channel. Um, the guy, um, Ken Perger, he does like a Defunctland TV, which talks about like these shows that you know does thing where he he's, he's just educational shows. He talks about the stories and how long they lasted and all the stuff behind the scenes. Definitely recommend that because he talks about you know the puzzle place, um, big comfy couch, there uh, the big blue house. Was mm-hmm. one he did talk about the Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. He did like the whole retrospective of Jim Henson, which is a really good um, retrospective of his career. Jim Henson's career, he covers like everything. I was like the longest thing is like four parts, I believe. He talks about Jim Henson's career when he first started out, so you know his last works. So something I do recommend for anybody that wants to check that out, you know, into like into like your favorite educational shows, like same thing like Toy Galaxy. I recommend watching that on YouTube because you know. As well, like the old TV shows that were linked to like toy lines and stuff, and you know, the stuff behind the scenes. So, yeah, I mean, it's sad to see Earth go, but like I said, it's uh, it's a you know, bitter, like sweet type of thing. So, it's sad, you know, it's a sad time, but at the same time, you know, thanks to the availability of the technology, we're able to stream it. Mm-hmm. Having stream is a backup, so definitely something that you guys should check for your kids, like. Watch with your kids, and that way you can relive your childhood again. You know, check it out on you know streaming and everything. So yeah, I mean, sad to see Arthur go, but you know, it's something that's still enjoy. You know, I haven't watched PBS in a long time, <laughs> but yeah, so definitely check out Arthur on PBS Kids. You can watch the streaming, or you can check out the final episode that's available on their YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that out. Other than that, for you, um, I know I just saw for like I don't know if you're Fans of The Walking Dead, but um, apparently they decided to release a whiskey to commemorate the final season. Uh, I just pulled up on comicbook.com. It says here, Walking Dead whiskey to release special bottle to celebrate final season. And this article is written by Russ Fullergame from comicbook.com. It says, today AMC, I'm going to read this article. Um, today, MC and the Sixth and Single Malt announced their latest collaboration exclusive co-branded bottle to commemorate the final season of The Walking Dead. As the announcement says, Inspire is fans to enjoy life for just release. Sexton has teamed up with the fan-favorite Walking Dead cast member Ross, Ross Marquardt, who plays a good-natured character known for his optimism and his darkest night. Trying to affect is also Red Skull, okay? But the skeleton is excellent, we promise. As the upcoming release features The Walking Dead theme and drink across the Sexton's distinctive black hexagonal bottle. Featuring a decaying silver label and a walker's head in the place of the brand's trademark skeleton logo. Tag is a post apocalyptic zombie drum with the bottle's most recent qualities. So basically, it's like a, it's an Irish whiskey, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's gonna be, the bottle's going to go for like $29.99. It'll be at the U.S. stores the end of February. Mm-hmm. But you can pre-order on today on Res, Res, Reserve Bar. So... <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Walking Dead. I lost track of that show. I don't remember the last time I saw that show. Dude. Have you watched Walking Dead? Have you even got back into Walking Dead? No. I haven't seen it since... Uh, What's the name of guys? Um, the main character, when he dies and then drops. Which guy? Rick. No, Rick disappeared, apparently. Oh, yeah, that part. Because we're going to film, like, I guess the whole plan was he got pulled in his helicopter... And they were going to record. Fucking, I hate this shit. Supposed they were going to record, like, they were going to do, like, two, like, he signed for, like, two TV films on Walking Dead. Because he wanted to do his family. Apparently, now there's talks of bringing him back for the final season now. So, like, <laughs> yeah. No. Just so, like, I mean, I will say, I'll probably be more reading of the comics. You know, I guess there's people that still watch Walking Dead. I don't know. I've been watching more anime <laughs> than Walking Dead. So, I've been just catching up on the latest anime. So, like I said, if you guys are big fans, yeah, get the whiskey. If you're our whiskey enthusiast and you want to have something to add to your collection, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Other than that, that's like, oh, one thing I did pull, uh, I'm trying to do this weird, like, news thing. Um, I saw this picture that someone put on you know, Reddit. 
that supposedly there's a marine-like recruiting thing, like ten stuff, and decided to use an anime character, a female anime character, advertised for recruiting to marines. Let's see if I can pull up this here. Basically, the character looks similar to Saber from the Fate series. Here's the hairstyle. News. Yeah, it's this one. Military.com. I guess that's a website. Um, Oh, here it is. Yeah, so this is the poster that the U.S. Marines are using. I just pulled the picture I pulled it up in Google, but as you can see, now they're using anime to try to recruit people to join the Marines. And obviously, the character is kind of similar to Saber from you know the Fate series, and hopefully, you don't get sued by <laughs> by just by Type Moon and you know. But it's kind of cute what they're trying to do. They're trying to appeal to the otaku. But it's like, you don't see a lot of these recruit posters, but like, like, oh, now they're trying to embrace the anime as to try to recruit people. Like, really, dudes? Come on. Yeah, never works. They always gay people. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Do you consider that being weird news? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that they're using it, but they're still using like these old, these type of signs to fucking recruit and stuff. It's so weird. Like, I feel like people that want to join the Marines and stuff, they go, they're pretty proactive about it. Mm. Like, I don't think anybody just goes and signs over, like, people that are in the last desperate thing. I feel like they just go to the Marines and shit, and they feel like that's going to help their lives. And I feel like that's not the best way to go, but that's their life if they want to. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All power to them, but. I, it's weird that they keep doing that. But it's really nicely drawn. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's a nice detailed poster. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really nice, interesting. It's like really interesting. It doesn't make me want to join the Marine. <laughs> <laughs> Any more than I wanted to before. So. No, it, it was really interesting. I just saw this on Reddit and I'm like, what the heck? Um, I know the big thing too that came out last week. Um, Cuphead came out last week on Netflix. I know you played a video game. Have you got a chance to see the new anime show? <clears throat> no, I haven't seen it yet, but I did see the they posted it, so I already had it to my queue. But uh, I'm gonna watch that soon. Yeah, I've seen the trailers, and I've seen like Netflix been posting like the behind the scenes trailer of the actors, like the voice actors who are working on the show, and these are actors that honestly I don't recognize. Like they're using like these new actors that I have not seen before, but they do sound really good. Um, they're showing like the guy who plays the devil in the. In the show, um, you're showing what he's singing and stuff, so they actually sing the songs too. So it's kind of, and then the actors for um, Cuphead and Mughead, I guess they're called Bugman or Cuphead and Mugman, right? Mm-hmm. So I haven't played the game, to be honest with you guys, I have not played the game of Cuphead. Um, but you know, I've seen you played it, you played it before, and and you know, seeing that it's available, like you know, not an anime show because now there's a new thing too, like Arcane. Is out to League of Legends animated show, which I still haven't seen. I'm, I'm not a PC gamer, guys. I'm not a PC gamer. Um, I got into League of Legends because they have a, you know, people kept talking about listening to Trash Station. That's why they talk about something. Connor talks about League of Legends. And, you know, then luckily, I don't have a PC, but they do have the mobile version of it on, you know, your Android and iOS, your iPhone. It's called League of Legends Wild Rift. So you get to play as the characters. It's basically the same style as League of Legends. But available in the phone format, which is kind of cool. You can play with your friends, you can play with other players, you do it's basically P versus P. That's what it is, it's basically P versus P. Mm-hmm. Like fighting and strategy, basically. It's enjoyable, and now they may like it has so much like the characters have the different lures, and now they decided let's do a show that goes deeper into the lures 
it's like you have to understand that you have to see these characters' background interact with each other, basically. Because you do get a little synopsis from each character, but now that the show, which I still have to watch, I have to get into it and watch that as well. But last night I did watch, um, I'm going to talk about anime here, um, I did watch Japan Sinks 2020, and it was interesting. <laughs> um, it's interesting how if this, I don't know, I find the, anim- the animation is really good, but I sometimes I found that like, it was kind of cringy at times. Uh, it was 10 episodes on Netflix. Um, and basically the whole story is like, it's year 2020, those fictionals. Not COVID wasn't around yet, guys. Um, basically, Japan gets hit with a series of earthquakes to the point that, you know, gets to the point where the island, it got so much to the point that islands start seeking little by little. And it follows on these different characters, basically survivors, try to get to one part of Japan to the other. It follows this one girl that obviously she runs track. And she tries to get back, she tries to find her parents, her family, her little brother Go. She comes from a mixed family. Like her dad's Japanese, her mom is Filipino, so it's like a mixed family. And, you know, it also shows like Japan, you know, what the people, how react to a disaster. And it's really good. It was cringy at times, which I wish this girl, she got hurt the whole time. She got this serious, like, leg injury, like this big gash, but she never tells anybody about it. She's like tries to be tough, and it kind of it, like it kind of it eats at her to the point. I don't want to spoil it for you guys. It does become a factor later on in the in the series. It's only ten episodes, but um, it's not bad. I mean, I think I gave it a six on <laughs> uh, my anime list. I could give a higher point, but I don't know. I just there's some points. The dialogue's not bad. I was watching Japanese, of course, um, but some points I was like, it it was cringy a little bit. <laughs> but the whole aspect of a disaster type of thing, like like a disaster, like what would happen if you know, or Chris got to the point where a land, an island, like an island nation of Japan, will start sinking. I mean, due to the fact that because remember volcanoes, islands are formed by volcanic eruptions and like tsunamis and stuff. So it's really interesting. That, definitely something that you want to check out for yourself. It's called the Fantasy Twenty Twenty. It's on Netflix. I've been trying to like to watch a lot of nef- animes on Netflix. Catch up on those because I've been trying to bust through my anime list right now. <laughs> so right now i got like 10 series I'm watching right now, and of course there's ones where the new episode will be out to like weeks later due to delays, um, due to production delays and stuff in Japan because of COVID. Um, there's some that are long running. i got to get back into watching it again, like Ice Show 21, which is like a football one. That's a football-inspired one. Um, there's um, The Ranking of Kings, which is one of the new ones, and I just found out that they're actually going to publish the manga for the first time in English. In the U.S., um, that they announced that they're going to start publishing, and then of course, um, a lot of mangas that I'm reading are two are either ending, um, or they're ending their final arcs. Like My Hero Academia is ending its final arc, so that show's going to be coming to net. Like that manga's going to be coming to end soon, but the anime's going to keep going because they got to catch up. Then I read that Fire Force is ending; they just moved the just ended, and I got to write read that. I think the final chapters will be available soon. And apparently, um, he's the creator is working on another work. Um, he wrote Soul Eater first, that's Fire Force, but now it's been like theories that the characters live in the same universe. Like, there's this rumor that Fire Force, spoiler, and I'm spoiling it, guys. There's something I'm reading online. Hopefully, it's true that Fire Force is technically a prequel to Soul Eater. Of course, a lot of people say the anime is not bad, but it does derive from what the source material is. That's what usually some animes do when you don't want to wait until the story ends. They'd rather just, you know, let's just change it up a notch and try to end the story on all terms. That's what happened with Blue Exorcist. That's what happened with the first Full Metal Alchemist anime. That's why we ended up getting Brotherhood, which actually followed the manga in detail. But I've seen now, like, a lot of, like, anime, you know, a lot of, like, light novels and manga are getting more and more translated to here to the West because it's all part of Japan's, you know, campaign a couple years ago of sharing items, like, cultural exchange, basically. Through like works, through literary works, through animation works, you know, trying to show the rest of the world. That's basically what it, what the Japan scene's kind of arrived at. Like, you know, spoiler if you haven't seen the episode, but the spoiler Japan does come back, but like it starts like a small island, but in the years to come, they'll start forming up again. Um, but now they're sharing, like now they're sharing, you know, their culture and stuff, like pictures from a long time ago, you know, sharing the culture. But Japan used to be a lot of closed off when it came to like traditions and stuff. 
But now they're opening up. Now the anime is becoming more and more mainstream out here in the U.S. and other countries. They're seeing that there's a big, you know, fan base. Fan base. It's shown its love to like conventions or having screenings. Um, when they did the One Piece like 1,000 episode, the celebration, they're showing in different countries. Like people from around the world were like they're showing these clips where the people around the world were singing the opening theme. In Japanese, like they were showing, I saw this one clip in the theater in France where they were showing the screen of the 1000 episode one piece, and people were, were screaming the song, they were singing along with the song with the opening. It shows how loved that anime is, and that's going to be, I think that was going to hit hard, like how Arthur hit us hard. I think when One Piece finally ends, that's going to hit even harder. Maybe. Because there's not that much running manga left right now. A lot of the manga that we grew up on, a lot of anime or manga we're growing up. Are slowly ending, like they're slowly ending their run. The only ones left are Hunter x Hunter, which who knows when the author is going to write a new chapter. And of course, Oda, Ichiro Oda, the creator of One Piece, he's in this final, supposedly his final stages of his works, of his manga. And of course, Hunter x Hunter, who knows when the author is going to take a comeback from to finish working on that. Um, and because he's also the creator of Yu Hakusho. Another anime which I gotta go back and watch too. So, um, but yeah, for me, it's like just you know, when I saw Arthur, it was like great. But like for me, I've been just trying to get back into anime and just get back down because honestly, was, I had days when I wasn't watching anime. It was like thinking to myself, dude, I'm the anime person on this podcast. Why come I'm not watching anime? It's because I get so like, blown, like I get so like, it's not like I don't get burnt out watching anime. It's like when you watch something over and over again, you start to get that burnout feeling that I want to do something else. You know, I want to work on something else. That's why I got into model building. I got into Gunpla, which is like, you know, working with Gundam and making like models, which is, I find it really, um, really exhilarating. It kind of works on my creativity. The only thing I find annoying when building those models is not putting a piece together. It's the fucking stickers and the fucking decals. It's freaking annoying. They're like freaking tiny. as hell. They're like this. They're like, it's like, you can't see this for audio listeners, but I'm pulling my fingers close together. He goes like this, like, you know what? I'm not going to do this yet. I think I need two easy to put the decals on. So you know what? I can at least get the big decals on. But you do get that sense of accomplishment once you get the model done. So far, I've done, like, three models so far. Mm-hmm. I did three of them. I did a uh, Deku for My Hero Academia. I did the entry-level um, Gundam 7882X model, the America version from Target. And recently, I did the... Hanjiro Kamado from Kimetsu no Yaiba, Genius Slayer. When he's like this in his fighting stance with a sword, that was a nice thing. And I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, I'm doing that for YouTube, so I'm doing that. So I'm trying to get into YouTube. Like I said, I'm trying to get myself, you know, more creative, get myself out there more, trying to deal with, you know, my social anxiety, my, you know, get my anxiety, getting that in check, and just finding ways to, like, not just focus on one thing, but, and also doing Twitch, you know, Twitch too. I've been trying to get on Twitch hard right now, especially right now. And my job temporarily, the building's temporarily closed right now, so we're, we're doing some repairs and stuff. So I got to pay a week off. I'm like, let me concentrate on, you know, let me do Twitch more and give more people to watch Twitch. Right now I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm enjoying it because I never played the first Final Fantasy VII. I, I mean, had PS1, but I never bought the game. I wasn't into J- JRPGs that time. But that's a years later, years later, later, I got into Final Fantasy. And now with the remake, let's go get to see the story again. You know, I have the original Final Fantasy VII or the PC version on PS4 slash PS5. But I'm playing the remake, and it's really good. It's like watching Advent Children, which is a great film, a great follow-up film. Definitely recommend watching that as well. But I've been doing that. And like I said, I've been catching up on anime and stuff and reading manga. Right now I'm bringing on Spy Family, which is a really good um, manga. It's kind of like a comedy, like a spy comedy thing is about like this spy, his codename is Twilight. And he's from this one spy agency for this one country, this Western country. And like, right now the like negotiations, like peaceful negotiations between the eastern region, eastern country and western country are like right now they're trying to be mutual, but there's fears of this one popular influencer, this Desmond, who's like a popular influencer in the eastern country that it could shatter peace. So they decided to send this character, codename Twilight, to basically He's like the world's greatest spy, master of disguise, great with skills, go pose. Like, first he has to do is find a family, basically find, like, create a family, infiltrate this, like, top-level school because the guy's son goes there and try to get, you know, 
get a friendship with the son, get into the, like, basically into that guy's inner circle. So this dude, like, Twilight, ends up finding this girl in this orphanage who's a telepath. So she's a psychic, but she has telepath power. She can read minds. And ends up finding this one girl named Yor, who's actually a contract killer. So you got an assassin, a telepath, and a spy pretending to be a family. All while trying to <laughs> be a family on the outside. But said that he wants to focus on getting that mission, you know? Operation Strix, which is pretty much for the sake of peace. And he doesn't know that the girl that he found to be his wife is an assassin. And she doesn't know that he's a spy. And the girl's an orphan, but, you know, she wants to help out her so-called dad, you know, quotes, because she doesn't want to go back to the orphanage. She wants to be with her family, because, you know, they got adopted. It was worked on. It was experimented on. And right now, it's, I'm on the third volume, and it's really funny. I'm reading it as a show, but it's really good. And I just find out they are making an anime based on it. I can't wait to see that animated. So, like I said, I've been reading, like, different mangas, too. I've been reading more. So, it's called Spy X Family. It's really funny. Definitely recommend our reading and stuff for that. Like I said, I've been, like, reading. So, that's what it is. It's like, watching anime, I've been trying to catch up on anime, you know, watching sports as well, soccer or football, as the world knows it. I think I was watching Champions League and, of course, Manchester United enough time with Atletico Madrid today for Champions League. But luckily, they, they tied. Um, Biko, anything you were doing right now? Like, something is like things you were trying to do and stuff that, because I know sometimes it's like you're trying to find something to do, you always get pulled away and your attention gets moved elsewhere. Um, what do you mean? Like, is there any, like, program or something that you were trying to watch or something that you kind of recommend to listen to? Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what we watched last week. Well, if it's sports, like if we watched the watched the Neymar documentary a few weeks back, that was it was like a docu series, pretty quick. Um, but it's on Netflix. If you're a fan of soccer and a fan of Neymar, or just just a fan of his in general, mm-hmm. I would watch that because I think it provide a lot more insight into him and his purpose and getting into in soccer and obviously like uh, his his family basically being a, his whole business operation it, it it goes into depth a lot and like you meet his dad and it's it's a i think it's an interesting story because i think a lot of people can relate to hey your cat just jumped on the cable with the cake with the cake with the cake you can't eat Huh? There's nothing there. Oh, I thought there was cake over there. My bad, dude. I thought you left the cake out still. So Sorry, guys. I was eating chocolate cake yeah, earlier. Why put it away? Because I know oh, cats have chocolate. Uh, dude, dude there's a box of macaroni and cheese. No, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I thought the cake was still there. I was like, no, nah, oh, dude. Shit. There's a can of chocolate cake. My bad. But yeah, don't, don't worry. That's all good. So, sorry, um, guys. We have like a little kitty at home. Yeah. Oh, man. He's a little. Now he's trying to go in the cabinets right now. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Oh, but, God. Uh, but yeah. That's that's what I've watched lately, and we've just been watching, like, cheesy reality shows. So, like, I don't want to recommend those, but <laughs> those are the, that's the stuff I watch when I don't want to think about it, anything, but it's nice to learn, I guess, societal issues that people face in relationships and stuff. And it's really, uh, I think it's good, because it kind of helps you be more reflective on your own relationships and how you can treat people. So I think it's... As cringy as it is to use a reality show as a a way to learn from, it's I think you can learn from anything really, and, mm-hmm. I, and albeit leave it to a reality show to teach you something, but it, it's fucking entertaining when you want to like kind of not critically think and you want to just get lost in people's bullshit, mm-hmm. um, just because like it makes you also help in knowing that like you may not be as terrible in in, in related circumstances. So, I don't know. I, I, that's what I've watched. And, and I'm trying to remember if we saw a movie. Or oh, something. we saw Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. We went to the theater to see Licorice Pizza. Ooh, Licorice Pizza. Tell us about that. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> Good. Like, recommend it. Like, this is all about the pop culture. Uh, we can't recommend that one either. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough... I, if you want to watch the movie, go and watch it. Um, that's on your discretion only. Um, I will say it's one of those movies that are going to leave you 
in quite an area in your head mm -hmm. that yeah. some people may find black and white some people will find it gray but just sit think of it put yourself in a societal lens of the 70s mm -hmm. but also it's it's quite a movie that uh what's his name paul something anderson paul thomas anderson or am i saying it wrong or is it thomas paul anderson <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. It's got to be that. Here, look up right now. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah. He's, he's, the, same one who, he's the same director of uh, Punch Drunk Club and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Oh. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> it, it's a... It, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a movie of its... It, of, to represent a, a time, but I guess it's based on a story if he was inspired by a friend of his mm -hmm. that heard it from another person. It's fucking weird, but, like, that's what the movie is. It's weird, but, um, the acting is, is good. For what it is, the acting is definitely good. Like, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son plays the, uh, the, the main character, technically. And then you have the, the, uh, Time Sisters in there. Uh, one of the sisters having more of a, a main character role than than the other two, but they played her sisters, so it was just they and they did a good job. Mm -hmm. um, just like the acting is solid overall, and, I, and he makes a great film. But it's just the subject matter of the film. It's hard to like. <laughs> it's hard to get your head around all the way to okay. being like, no. But then again, that just happened. Like that's happening, and then you're just kind of like. You, it's the one time you can dis, you can put your disillusion on lenses on mm -hmm. and, and let it fly. And once you leave the theater, just remember that you're back in reality and you're just like, nah, that doesn't happen anymore. Or that shouldn't happen anymore. And, and it's just like, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the movie because it's like, it's a, it's, I think it's like the main, it's a, such a main emphasis of the movie that I can't say it. I mean, it's like pretty much like well, like looking to the culture wasn't like that. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's based the story's based in the seventies, so mm -hmm. you gotta like keep that in mind that it it was a different time period. There's apparently these days a lot of people can't do that no. or won't allow themselves when they do watch a film that like was like a period piece or something like that. It's like the, like something like well, back no, then, it's like, not yeah. a period piece, but it's set in the seventies. So it's like it's not representing a true story. Just I guess it's just like a word of mouth story of an experience. But like mm -hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson went, ran with it because he wrote it too. So it's just like you you got to keep that in mind too. This is the director who who also wrote the film. So you kind of you're taking in his vision. So as much as you take it in, you really got to like sit down with it. And I felt like we it was all happening while we were watching the movie. You can't help but like feel like that. As you're watching, you're just kind of like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> that's that's all I can say. "Oh fuck!" But it's a, it's a good movie. I just I think right now, show like right now, yeah. MDB gave it a seven out of seven out of ten. See, like Rotten Tomatoes has gave it a ninety-one percent. Metacritic gave it a ninety percent. Kind of rough. At the same time. Wait, they gave it a what? Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a ninety-one percent. Um, IDMB gave it a seven point seven out of ten. Metacritic gave it like a ninety percent. Yeah, so it's got like it's got his like good qualities, and then um, I'm sure there's a lot of people who like that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if, if like, I mean, yeah, if you're a fan of the times back then, yeah, you'll it'll probably hurt well, you. Probably hate you more if you grew up in that era. It, I think it's not. It, yeah, it's. It, I guess it's. It, it was not as frowned upon in that time. Mm -hmm. I think. I'm not saying it doesn't happen now. It's just. We're at a period in, in human culture where I feel like that's not... It's a no-go these days. Yeah. And it's hard to... As much as you want to just, like, take it as a movie, it's hard to not separate the two. Mm -hmm. You know? It, it's very... It's it's difficult. It's not impossible. It's just... For, uh, for ourselves, it was very much kind of, like, happening as you watch the movie. Yeah. So, like, like I said, it's hard to say what I'm at, what the story and the main subject matter is about without, like, kind of spoiling because it's, like, the thing. So, like, 
But I was, like I said, I know you don't want to spoil the movie. Like overall, what was your like take on it? You know, what was your your enjoyment of it? Like if you had to give like a rating, oh, of one... yeah, like they're giving it nine ninety percent. What, what would you give it? Like I know you don't want to spoil the uh, film. You want people to see it, but how would you rate it? Like based I on your experience of watching it, I think seven's okay. Like I think seven? seven's okay. Like a seven? Yeah, because like. Solid story. The pacing's okay. The, the the characters are very like like I said, it's well acted. The characters. Is... I feel like we're remembering two different movies. It's just it's, it. The, I will say it's really long, unnecessarily. There's no. Oh, okay. No, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you try to remember. No, I'm I'm trying to. I was giving it some credit. First, before I like re- also remember the terrible parts about it. There you go. We're looking at the pros and cons. Well, yeah, there's there's <laughs> like some pros. I'm not gonna hate. That's on the whole it thing. All That's the whole thing. We do reviews, so like I'm I not gonna I... hate on all the way. There's a little bit of pros, but yeah, it's way too long. Um, way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really have a direction per se of what it's actually trying to. What it's actually doing? Yeah, you're just kind of. Scene to scene, following this guy and following this girl, and what they, what they get through together, mm-hmm. and and but like, and then the ending is ambiguous. And the ending's very ambiguous because you, it, it, it like builds up to that moment that you know was going to happen, and then when it does, it's just kind of like, really, you took this long to get to this, which we already knew was going to happen. If you. If you kind of moved a couple of things around, I think it would have worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. But that's the problem is that there's like a lot of like ups and downs. That's and it's very hard to find the pacing in that because he's trying to like he keeps like poking at your fucking morals mm-hmm. and your qualms about like how you're trying to perceive this relationship between a, a two two people. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, they're two beings. But in that time period, some people saw it a different way. We'll say, pertaining to these days, hell no. That's fucking weird. But, like I said, I can't say it at the same time. But, like, yeah, the movie is tough. It's really tough to, like, grasp at the same time what they're fucking, what he's trying to say with this story. Because it's just, yeah, it's just kind of. You're all over the place, build up, and then you get the ending, and they're just like, okay, and then it's over. And, uh, that was way too long. You could have cut it a lot more. Just like, I don't know if this is a trend in Hollywood movies these days, but a lot of them are way too long for no reason. I think because now they're trying to, like, I've seen the run coming here two hours and 13 minutes. So like, yeah, Dude, you could have made like 140. Like an hour and 150 half. maybe if you were, if we wanted to be generous because you could have capped it a little differently at the end but mm-hmm. ah man yeah because I'm reading like you know the Batman's gonna be almost like three hours dude you see what the hell dude that's you might you might should have made a trilogy then but like <laughs> but I think just like if something this is gonna be like a one off I can understand the long run time yeah like sure hour. right and and there it was already getting shit for the casting so it might as well just like give us the thing it's everything then... with every film like every soon as they see the casting all. You know, they always, that's the one thing is, like, wherever the cast is, casting this, casting this, this is the one thing I hate. So let the people do the movie. That's but who they, they pick, that's who they pick, you know, it's like. But they can't anymore, because then if they, guys also, like, if it doesn't make money at the box office anymore, they're just not going to make it. But it's like, the same time, okay, you cast this person, but don't judge the person right before they start doing the film. Check, watch the performance and see why that person was chosen. Have you seen the previews for Dog yet? For which one? Dog. The Channing Tatum. Dog, yeah, we changed him. It's basically a, a, it's been promoted the fuck out of. I don't know. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It's probably come up on YouTube and the ads. Oh, it's called Dog. Dog, yeah, Channing Tatum about the, the oh the the, the the military dog. Yeah. Oh my god, that one, right? Yeah, the one with the military dog. You that can't tell me suffer PTSD, right? But from that trailer, you can't tell me whether or not the acting performance by the main character is gonna be good. I mean, is Channing Tatum with a dog? I mean, yeah, I can tell. No, Channing Tatum is a handsome person. Well, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with his acting ability. What I'm saying is, like, you said that you some you can't judge a performance based on the casting or whatnot until they make the movie. I don't know, man. I feel like certain movies you can, because 
this one, I, I don't know who it's made for. I, it's trying to be cute, and, and obviously they got to make a military movie every so often, kind of tuck on people's heartstrings or war vets. Which I think, also it's, also showing, it, like, I think like, it's also too by showing like not only soldiers suffer PTSDs, but like also like animals, like the service animals that serve, sure, can yeah. also suffer the same thing. It's just showing like, hey, they can get the same mental issues that people can have. You know, like dogs in the army can get PTSD. Right, they but, can get affected as well. But that has something to do whether a dog and I'm just saying, like, not like the dog and This movie was made. For, I, I don't know why Chain Tame was casted for it. If they were gonna make it, like, they should have made this a Disney movie. But <laughs> uh, I, it was just screaming Disney when I first heard the <laughs> story. Disney. Um, but Bill Burr said he's in it because he plays a very small role towards the end of it. But he said it's like get him to the Greek, but for family, and it's like get him to the Greek, but with the dog. It's like he has to get the dog to, the to the family, the funeral. That's the, the whole funeral. story. Like you've seen the movie just in the trailer. You don't need yeah, to watch it more. And it just has Channing Tatum. So I'm just kind of like, this movie's gonna be mediocre. But it's Channing Tatum. It could have been somebody else. Could have done it with Owen Wilson, really. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those movies. Insert other white guy actor here. And like I didn't think Channing Tatum of a million years would have been chosen. No, but I mean, at least Liam Neeson is doing like basically the same character. Yeah, he plays. and we're still getting it. I just don't. It's called it. back. It's called Blacklight now. So it's like yeah. a backlight or Blacklight now. Like he's playing this agent now. It's like it's basically the same character same from Taken, and he's just too. doing something else. It's like oh my god, Liam is playing the same actors. Like he's typecast. Because I mean, I love him in the Taken films, but it's like they take the same character from doing him doing something else. Yeah. But now he's coming up with this one called Blacklight. It's like you know basically. Um, He's an agent. Like I mean, like, it's the same thing. It's like uh, he's that, that. That's what happens with Hollywood. That's the whole fears of being typecast. And with Liam Neeson, he's going through the, the motions with that being typecast. As, he's always be playing that secret agent person or someone that worked in the special forces and stuff. And it's like it's the same character. If you watch Taken Space, it's the same character. These were Taken. You no, know, he was a dad. You know, he's a dad. He went to go find his daughter. Right. And he has a special set of skills, and it's like here. It's like seeing that trailer as well. Like. He's basically playing the same character, or this time he's more on you know, his agent side versus being a family man. But, like I said, right now with me, I'm more focused on getting ready for Sonic 2. Can't wait for that. It's going to come out in April. And, of course, you know, they just released the character posters for Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. Um, they also announced they are working on Sonic 3. Paramount and Sega did announce that they're working on Sonic 3. And they're also going to be working on Knuckles' spinoff series, for Paramount Plus, with Idris Elba, with Kaiser Rolled Knuckles. So knowing that, you know, Sonic is being more and more now. Of course, Sonic Frontiers, which is a long, I think it's supposed to come out this year. So it's supposed to be the first open-world Sonic game. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Because, I mean, Sonic, so far, when it comes to 3D games, it hasn't been, it's been a hit and miss. I mean, Sonic Adventure was a big thing, was a Dreamcast, but it's been a hit and miss for Sonic and 3D. But other than that, um, I'm looking forward to the film. It comes out on April 8th. Uh, of course, Batman comes out in March. Of course, this is going to be right now at the time of this recording. It's the last week of February, so kind of like a week till the Batman comes out. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to see it because I think to me, the way the, the trailer was showing, it's not like Batman's origin story. It, to me, it's more like the villain's origin story versus the Batman. Like, Batman's there, but it's more like the origin story for the villains he comes across. Basically, because you see it goes to the penguins, it goes to the Riddler, you see Catwoman, like their start, basically. Like the starting of, you know, their origin story. We're just seeing the Batman story origin so many times, so many times. It's more like, I think the focus is more on the villains. And of course, I got to catch up on Peacemaker. Um, that's a good show. They got renewed for a second season. Uh, I got to watch that show. They got all the, new ep- all the episodes are available now on HBO Max. So I got to catch up on that. I didn't give it like a nine. So I gotta see that and see how that show is. Because I love the Peacemaker character from the Suicide Squad. So it's asking us back as Peacemakers, like it's basically like a sequel to it. So gotta be checked it out. So Pico, I know you were talking about Reddit this morning or earlier today, you were talking about Reddit. Did you find anything interesting on Reddit? No, no, I didn't I didn't I didn't go on Reddit for that. I just saw the uh, I just I like I looked at the Arthur thing just because how many fucking episodes there were and then I got lost and then I went on a tangent. Like the only thing I read today on Reddit was like people were listing the worst Chicago Bulls players of all time. What? People were just going throwing their lists and stuff, and, and there was like a lot of there was a lot more younger people throwing in their players as opposed to their the more recent players. 
So it's just that I got lost in that. I didn't really see much. I just saw that like our president was announcing that Putin was going to uh, attack Ukraine and stuff. And from what I've seen, there's a lot of posts uh, that were getting up to the top of some people in Ukraine saying that they're basically going to start. Like they've already preparing. I, I, so like it, it's weird because like they the. the our nation is saying one thing, and then Putin said that our nation is saying too much shit, which they are. Every day it's the same shit. Oh, they're going to attack. Oh, they're moving up forces. Oh, they're going to attack. No, not yet. And then Putin, yes, said all he came out to say was, just, hey, cut the fucking out. Cut the shit out. We're, we haven't done anything. But quit saying that we're going to do it. Basically, basically, you know, it's like keep, keep talking, and we're going to fucking do something. And then I'm going to... And now everyone's here, like, why the fuck are we going into war? And we're still fighting this freaking illness. It's, it's this is all just fucking, it's so dumb. I don't think, I, they had a, I don't know. All this is just very weird, and, and it's just like, if, if they did all this just so they can kind of propagate more war stuff, it, it's all very just like, why all of this is happening at the same time? It's just like, it is very strange that they're throwing all of this into playbook. Like at, at this current time, it, it's very strange. Yeah, so like, like, like now, what like now? What Illinois where we at? Now they're finally gonna like leave out. Like they're gonna finally gonna like give rid of the mask mandate like the end of this month. And, yeah, and, and that's and it's like we're still okay. trying to get back to normalcy. And then, like you said, like they're talking about the Ukraine and like Russia and Ukraine. It's like both sides are like you know teasing that something's gonna happen. It's like almost like it's like when you're watching anime. It's like you're teasing this thing, but it keeps getting delayed. It's like watching. Well, Dra- they're not teasing. It's like, a, it's like Dragon Ball. It's like watching Dragon Ball C. It's watching Goku and Frieza still fighting in like twenty episodes of Goku still fighting. Like one episode, like oh, they're going to start tagging chair. They're all right. like, oh, they're still fighting. Like two episodes later, and they're still fighting. They're still fighting. They're saying, yeah. oh, they're about to finish this. No, it keeps getting stretched out. It gets stretched out. It's stretched out. It's like it's always been U.S. or Russia. It's always been. Yeah, I'm just like I'm it's like fine. two. It's basically two siblings fighting. It's basically what it is. It's two siblings fighting over a toy. It's basically what it is. No, I, I just, I don't. It's not all just that, but I it's just, it's very. I, I when the U.S. keeps doing it every day, when they keep saying something's gonna happen, when it's clearly not, mm-hmm. it's not happening yet. But then, like they, they are clearly having forces around and stuff. I just don't like to see every day. Oh. Hey, the person's not saying this. Oh, this is ha-. like every little thing. So mm-hmm. it's just like, dude, when they've been doing this for a decade already, wow, and they already have Crimea, they're used to this already. And I'm not saying we shouldn't get involved, but it's more or less like if they do something, they already know what's going to fucking happen. They mm-hmm. all know. They all know what's going to happen. So it's just like people are, people get like, I. I don't like it when they rile us up to make us get into it when they just spend our money. They do that to get the American people on it just mm-hmm. so they don't feel so bad about using our money for this shit. When we clearly don't need to use our money for this shit right now. Because do we even have investments in Ukraine? Yes. <laughs> we do. So that's NATO, NATO surrounds... Yeah, I don't want to get into geography and how I'm going to sit around. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but all in all, it's just it's not, it's not a good time to... Uh, mm-hmm. For any country right now, let alone Russia doing their things, as much as they want to paint a certain picture of the Russians to to America and use that our media to, to sell this to us, it's very it's very hard to yeah, get now this. It's gonna make us like it looks gonna make us look bad to them. It's gonna make us. Well, they no, it's just like it's just not the right time, and people are just kind of like I don't know. I, if if people don't, I, I just don't understand if, if people don't get what's actually ha- what's ha- what's happening. I'm not gonna say what's actually happening, but what's happening. I just don't. There's more important things, and I don't. I just think war is definitely not one of them, and mm-hmm. it's it's just sad to see. It's very frustrating and sad to see when like the shit is nothing. We're still in recovery mode, and people want to already get into like fucking nothing's happened. Let's get out of here. I'm not talking like mask mandates. I'm not talking about any of that. Just like people are still, like, getting, you know, are trying to get out from the bottom. Yeah. And I just think, like, them throwing war and stuff in the mix is very much them trying to do something more than just war for some 
just something isn't right. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't sit well, and like we, I feel like we've been around a decent amount of time now to where I feel like this is, hmm, like they're repeating something, mm-hmm. but they're gonna throw something else in the mix because it's all it's all just very 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 strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's why I watch reality TV shows that are really cringy, <laughs> so I can not think about. Yeah. The fuck shit that they do. Yeah, basically like an escape. Yeah. I, yeah. But that's, that's, that's. Um, yeah. I mean, I that's, I mean, honestly, when it comes to news, like, I've mostly seen it on Reddit. I don't even look at the mainstream news sometimes. Because, yeah. like you said, it's like they talk about back and forth, like the back and forth between Russia and the US over, like, the Ukraine. So, like I said, you, yeah, it's just understanding why now, of all times, you know, why you're having this conflict now, you choose now to do this. You know, especially now the women represented. No. Yeah, you see, and then like they're trying to instigate some shit while this. They're also having some fucking the time of their life at the Olympics in Beijing. So it's just like this is all very weird. This is all weird. Mm-hmm. What a time! Just all very weird. I don't think. I'm sure there's a lot of old war vets who are looking at this right now. I'm sure they're pondering some shit to where just like this is all very interesting. Like I don't think anybody would have like thought any of this was happening, but, like, who knows? Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got still serious here, but mm-hmm. I did want to leave, like, with one piece that Daniel Radcliffe is, like, um, working on the, the biopic for We Were Al Yankovich right yeah. now. Great. Um, they actually show pictures of him and We Were Al on set, you know, and it's kind of cool. I'm interested to see how that biopic is. I think Roku's helping out with the financing of it itself. I think Roku's been, like, investing in it, so they're trying to get into investing in the shows and stuff, too. They pretty much absorb all the fellow stuff from Quibi. Remember Quibi? Oh, God. I know we talked about that last year, but yeah. they absorb all the shows around there, and now they're investing into this biopic of Weird Al. So let's look and see. Daniel Rick playing Wheel Al. And I just saw there's the Elvis biopic now. Um, you got to check out the trailer. It looks amazing. Like, it shows, like, Elvis, like, his inspiration and stuff. Mm-hmm. How he got inspired to play music and stuff. It's like, Ghost Strike is life and everything. The actor that could play Elvis looks really interesting. It's like, I never listened much to Elvis. <laughs> But, you know, probably our parents growing up, they'd listen to him a lot during that time in the late, in the late 70s, or tail end of his music career. But that's cool how they're coming out with these biopics now. Mm-hmm. This biopic picture, so they got Weird Al, got Elvis. Um, of course, it's like now we're seeing more and more films coming out this year, as opposed to last year. Because now that everything's slowly opening up, we got TV shows and stuff. Um, programming changes. More something going to stream, mostly. Like, last year, there's announced, I think Netflix set up, like, announcing your shows, or now, I think the creators of Big Mouth coming out with a new um, spinoff called Human Resources. Which, basically, you know, if you ever watch Big Mouth? No, I'm, I don't like Nick Roll. But they made, like, the characters who were, like, the <coughs> like the homo monster and stuff, who were, like, the... Yeah, I mean, I know what it's about. I just, I know. I they took those know. characters, like, the homo monster like, and stuff. Now it's a spinoff, so now you actually see the monsters, you know, and their element. And it's, like, it's called Human Resources. That's what it's called. Right. It's like a spinoff, basically. It's really interesting. It's, like, you know, you have the characters playing on there. You have the more familiar faces ones. You have the Prussian Kitty. You have the female homo monster. You have the male homo monster. You got the, the Shane. Monster. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's going on. Of course, um, new animes are being announced for Netflix as well. Um, I still got to watch Shaman King, Beastars. Watch that whole series through. There's some new anime films on there as well. I'm going to catch on there. Of course, um, Blue Period, which is a good one. Um, Komi can, Komi-chan Can't Communicate is uh, another one I got to watch. And now they're starting to release like, shows like Weekly <coughs> Now. Like, Netflix is starting to release like, anime Weekly Now, which is kind of cool. It's still waiting for like, the whole run. Mm-hmm. No Japanese one, now they're running at the same time as, you know, Japan, which I do like. And then, of course, Disney Plus is adding new shows and stuff, too, as well. I think I read, too, that uh, Marvel Netflix shows, they're, they're the ones that they have on Netflix, I'll be coming to Disney Plus soon. So I think sometime next month that they're working towards bringing over. And then, who knows? And then there's been talks that DMCU, like, I know we got um, Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock. Apparently, his character's going to make an appearance in She-Hulk. But there has been talks of possibly going back and looking into Luke Cage again and Punisher. And probably reintroducing those characters into the MCU again. And of course, that Doctor Strange trainer about the whole Patrick Stewart stuff. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. As well, but. 
So yeah, that's pretty much we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. It's been like almost an hour now. <laughs> so we're gonna actually wrap it up um for this week. We'll talk about more uh, about other stuff next week. Um you can check out the backlog of our episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and other podcast outlets. You can check out our merch store at spring.com. We'll search for talking pop. We got shirts and stuff, we got hoodies. Um, also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talking pop. Um, check out our Twitter. You can tweet us at pop talking P O P T O K I N. And that is it for this week. We'll see you guys again next time. As always, geek on and take care.